Streak episode 17. I am one of your hosts, Eric Gosselin, and joining me tonight, as always, Mike Price. Mike, we're a little bit short on time, so we're going to skip the check in. I'm sure nothing <laughs> new has happened. So we'll just get right into the uh, into the podcast. All right. Just kidding, Mike. How are you, sir? I'm good. Hello, Eric. Hello, Eric's future lovers out there. Oh, um, yeah. You know what? I'm so I'm so rattled that I forgot to greet my future lovers. Greetings, future lovers. <laughs> it's also okay if you aren't feeling future lovers. No, I am definitely okay. feeling future lovers. Uh, um, yeah. I, but you had a, something cool happen to you, right? I did, but you know what? Before we get into that, I want to ask you about your shirt. You got a great shirt on. Can you tell all the listeners a little bit about it? It's like a nautically themed shirt. Uh, sort of like an aloha shirt, mm-hmm. um, but it has uh, mermaids and a sailor man and uh, some boats, and it's all like this water pattern. It's from, I believe it's from Gitman. 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 I believe that's what it is. Um, and and what you can't see mm-hmm. is this, uh, as usual, roasty toasty down here. Yeah. And this this time of night, I would typically be in. Oh, I don't know. A tank. A tank. Yeah. But I'm sick of it getting pointed out. So I uh, <laughs> have this shirt okay. that I only have the top two buttons buttoned. Oh, my God. <laughs> Actually, three buttons. So you've so got your, from, your belly buttons From the chest out. down, I'm like open. <laughs> that's fun. That's fun. Now, the Aloha shirt, that's something you wear because of your affiliation with the Boogaloo movement, correct? <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> fuckers yeah they're man first it was the undercut Uh that i couldn't have anymore the haircut and now it's these uh fucking aloha shirt wearing idiots well i'll tell you jeez over here over here in austin uh we talked about it for a while and kenda and i are we're taking back tiki torches Um, oh yeah we oh yeah we put some up in our backyard because we think they're real fun and mm-hmm. they serve a constructive purpose. We fill them with citronella oil, and they keep some of the mosquitoes away. Yeah, I've been having a real... At Los Angeles, didn't have mosquitoes until about, I don't know, five years ago? Yeah, it, feels like. it is. A, it, I mean, I'm not there anymore, but I can I can corroborate this. And they're, they're like these weird little tiny ones that are striped like zebras, and they bite you right in the ankle... And it sucks. I, I hate them. Yeah. They leave like these big red welts on my son Jeez. for like days. Yeah, it sucks. And then uh, they give people viruses and shit. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it's where like the West Nile. West Nile. Zika. Zika. Or, those are both fun options. Yeah, definitely something. Yeah. Something to look forward to in these pandemic times. Some <laughs> other. You know, there's some other diseases that yeah. are like making headlines. Like the bubonic plague is back <laughs> and Ebola. The bubonic plague is kind of a non-starter. We know how to fix that. Yeah. Um, I mean, in like 
poverty-stricken countries, it's, it would be a big deal sure. on top of COVID. But, yeah, so you know what? Just really, I'm out there for the diseases these days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel that. I feel that. Well, yeah, so as you alluded to earlier, I do have a little bit of news. Uh, sometimes on the podcast, you'll all hear me refer to uh, Kenda, uh, who's my girlfriend, or was my girlfriend, I should say. Um, oh, no. Did something bad happen? Well, depends on how you look at it. Because now we're engaged, and she is my fiance. Hey. Yeah. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Yeah, we are uh, aiming to get married sometime in 2032, I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. As soon as it's safe. Yeah, we want to make sure everybody can come to the party. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I don't know. This is... I wonder. I wonder if this is... Let's see how this plays on the podcast. It's it's I had an I had a thought. And um yeah, it's sort of an odd thing. But um was thinking that we're we're working on ramping up advertising for our podcast. Uh we cut mm-hmm. we we cut together with the help of our good friend Jacob Reed uh a cool little ad that we're going to run. And I think for the sake of our podcast and its continued health, I uh Unfortunately, would you like to be one of my groomsmen? Oh, hell yeah. Oh, I'm honored. All right. Absolutely would. Fantastic. But now we can't break up the podcast. Okay. It's a deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I have, I, that is, I'm blushing right now. Oh. I, that is a true honor, man. Hey, well, it, the honor is all mine. Uh, I'm glad you said yes. It would have been really awkward if you didn't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. <laughs> Can we, you know what? Let's talk about this off the air. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly not the worst response. The worst response is that opener followed by a yes. Where it's like, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> the, the worst thing you can get is, oh, okay, sure, I guess. <laughs> it's like I'm not going to turn it um, down, but. Oh, that is great, man. Yeah, I'm totally honored to to. Guys, we're making kill streak history here. Yeah. You can see our friendship deepening. I hope I think everybody there's not a dry eye in the yeah. uh, podcast house right now. Yeah, you know, it's just I mean, it is one of those it's one of those tricky practical things where it's, you know, I I go to bed at night and I think about it and it's like, well, I spend more time talking to Eric than anybody but but my fiance, so <laughs> <laughs> it only seems appropriate. That's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's my big oh. news. Um, we got that all out of the way. Have you watched anything cool this week outside of our homework? Well, I was gonna bring yeah, I was gonna bring that up uh, with the wedding theme. I know you watched it as well. I watched Palm Springs last night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was okay. a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. And how did you? How did you feel? I mean, I I'm, I found it really impressive because I think you know for people who watch as many movies as us, it's got a little bit of a handicap going in if you know they like oh Jesus another time loop movie like uh huh it seems like the kind of thing that uh, I mean it's been around forever but I feel like even more and more we're getting them at a a faster clip. Yeah, we had the live, die, repeat, or the edge of tomorrow, as it was first called. Yeah, yeah. which actually I also think is great. <laughs> I thought so that I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Um, yeah, and then you got the Happy Death Day movies. Um, 
Oh, I never, saw, I've never seen any of those. Oh, so I actually really like both of those too. And then uh, Groundhog Day is like one of my favorite comedies ever. So maybe it's just a really good basis for a movie. <laughs> it's it. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna, I'll, I'll bring this full circle um, because watching that movie, I'm somebody who's really terrified of dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for sure, uh, watching that movie is like that wouldn't be so bad, I guess. Like being, I mean, living the <laughs> same day over. over and over again. I mean, or like at least do it for like. I mean, they imply not. You know, I won't give any spoilers, mm-hmm. but they imply that when that movie starts, that time loop has been going for quite some time. Yeah, and I don't think that's an uncommon thing across all these time loop movies. I believe, and I'm going to get my facts fucked up here, but I'm pretty sure that in an interview once, Harold Ramis was asked how long he thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, Phil Connors was in the time loop in Groundhog Day, and he ballparked it. I believe somewhere in like a, over four hundred years. Um, Jesus yeah. Christ, <laughs> that is like that is terrifying. Yeah, in a way. But okay, so what I was going to say is, it's some it in being in quarantine. Ah, this is going to come off as very offensive. Oh boy, and I don't mean it in an offensive way. I feel like I could do all right in jail. <laughs> Not like with like the violence uh-huh. and like you know, just being like in a cell. I feel like I yeah. could do okay. I with mean, that. you'd be real popular. Yeah. <laughs> I am also wearing pink shorts. You can't see it, but I am wearing pink shorts. Not that that implies anything, but no. Uh, yeah, I don't think they really care about your taste in shorts or about no. what's underneath them. You know? <laughs> that other pink. Um... Your little... Pink is my favorite color. <laughs> that was gross. Uh, yeah, I also, I actually went, I, I had a big movie watching week. I watched two horror movies outside of the Friday the 13th series. Oh, I'm impressed. I think you know both of them because I have a tendency to text Eric when I'm watching horror movies. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, because I don't really use Twitter anymore. So when I think of something mildly amusing to say that isn't worth <laughs> really writing down i just text it to eric instead of tweeting <laughs> but hey is that how you knew i was pl- i have a switch a nintendo switch yeah from twitter yeah. tweet you should have thrown a like on that you read it oh throw, throw a like this on is it. why i suck at twitter i'm always pissed because i don't have any friends or no no i get no traction on my post and it's like yeah because it's all like it's a bringer show man it's all this yeah, yeah, give and yeah. take. It is, um, but yeah, I watched earlier this week uh, for the first time Jacob's Ladder. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, and I had never seen that. I've never seen that. It's really good. Um, and I am on record in the past say as saying that I don't like movies very much where it's a lot of like you, leaves you questioning whether things are real or hallucinated. Uh-huh. You know, I think it's a real cop out to make something a dream sequence a lot of the time. It's uh-huh. it's 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 a very loosely formed thesis that is is based. It's totally subjective. I don't think there's anything wrong with those movies. But for instance, like the Babadook is a movie that rubbed me the wrong way. Um, okay. For that reason, uh, and I just kind of have this whole thought process that may or may not make sense. That's like movies are already fiction. So the idea of like showing me a fiction inside of a fiction is like boring. It's like 
it's like double made mm-hmm. up, you know? It's like, well, who fucking cares? If it's like, it's not real in the thing that's not real, it has no impact on me, the viewer. Okay. Right? Okay. Whereas it's like, I just want things inside of a fiction or a hypothetical situation to have to be concrete in some way. Um, right. Okay. So anyways, not to spoil too much about Jacob's Ladder, but I think a lot of people probably, if you haven't seen it, but you know about it, you know that that touches on that kind of subject matter. And that's really what the movie is definitely in that wheelhouse. And yet I still really enjoyed it. Well, I, I having never seen it, I kind of know what it's about. And it mm. seems like they would employ that technique to kind of just kind of more get into his mental state than to pull any sort of narrative tricks. Maybe. I don't know. That's just my yes and outsider's no. view. Yeah. I mean, I just highly recommend watching it. Unfortunately, it's not streaming anywhere. OK. Um, so you got to pay for oh, it. Oh, I thought it was on Shutter. It was. Maybe and it was, now it's not. Anymore. So it like, it, ah. yeah, I got the but the, the idea got stuck in my head when it was on Shutter and now it left and I'm like, well, I got to pay for it. Um, um, before you get to your next movie, mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't see it. It's on the list. I don't know when I'm going to see it because we have to watch a million fucking Friday the 13th movies. We have limited time. Yeah. But um, I, w- I really want to see Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. That's the later sequel that's supposed to be good, right? Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to be like almost like an art house movie. Yeah. And extremely violent. I really want to... That's that's like next on my list. Uh, our, our mutual acquaintance, my old roommate and friend Dan Morris, is a big proponent of that movie. Um, oh, and cool. listener okay. to the podcast. I think he's a few weeks behind, so maybe he'll text me sometime in mid-August and be like, "Hey, thanks for the shout out." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's told me multiple times that that movie is legitimately good, uh, which I find well, the, interesting. The director of it um, is developing, or is um, I, obviously they're not shooting right now, but he and the director Nicholas Winding Refn. Mm-hmm. Who did Drive and yeah, yeah. you know all those? Um, they're making a Maniac Cop miniseries for HBO. Mm. The two of them. So I'm very curious about that. that. Is curious. Yeah. Well, we had a text yeah. conversation. Where we we briefly talked about Maniac Cop being on Shutter now. Yeah, like all three of yeah. them. Yeah, and I posed the question, only half joking. Would it be in poor taste at this time in uh, the state of the world? To- to do Maniac Cop as a series. Cop. Maybe maybe it's uh the perfect time to do it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're the We do have a we have a couple options. We yeah. have a couple options that we're We got some things. We're talking about. Yeah. Uh yeah. yeah, as we get our Facebook uh presence and our social media presence up and a little more active. Maybe who knows? Maybe we'll even put a poll out there for our listeners. Yeah, yeah we can do Twitter polls too. Twitter. Um, yeah, you're good at Twitter. Yeah. What's up? Well, hey. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we, we'll, uh, we'll put some polls up okay. soon once we start getting closer to the end of this uh, and see what our next series yeah. should be. We want it to be a little bit of a a shorter one than this one. Yeah, we'd like to keep it to like probably it three quickly. movies, something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. yeah, and probably not something quite as high profile as Friday the Thirteenth. Um, right right a little off yeah the we'll path, throw maybe. some options out there um the other movie that i watched just last night was uh alexandra aha's crawl uh mm-hmm. which i'd been meaning to see since it came out because i heard positive things about it and uh i liked it a lot it was oh, okay cool yeah, it was like a like a delicious greasy cheeseburger of a movie 
I think that's definitely something my wife and I should watch. That seems very much up our alleys because it's like a sort of a comedy, right? Um, it is. It's fun. Okay. I wouldn't call it okay. a comedy, but it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. He also did Piranha, right? The the Piranha 3D. Uh, maybe. Pretty sure. Pretty sure he did that, and he did High Tension, which is a movie. Yeah. So if you want to talk about tropes in movies that I hate, mm-hmm. it's the and it's the ending of High Tension. I that is like my least favorite twist kind of twist. I won't spoil it. Okay. Just know there is a twist and I hate that. Got I it. hate it. Um yes, you are right. He did do Piranha 3D. He also did the Hills Have Eyes remake. Oh, I never saw that. I don't I did see it. I don't think it was good, but I, I don't even really like the original Hills Have Eyes yeah. very much. Yeah. Um, me neither. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, <laughs> what's that guy? Michael Berryman, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. Made famous by Hills Have Eyes. He was... I always love that guy. He's... Uh, we talk about... We come back to this well a lot, but he has an awesome little guest turn on the X-Files that I always enjoy. Yeah, he was also a... Uh, a a host on Halloween Wars, a show I worked on. Oh, cool. Uh, I didn't get to meet him. I did get to meet Danielle Harris. That um, name sounds very familiar. She she was first, you know, on my radar because she's in she's a little girl in Halloween four and five. Okay, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yes, yes. And I I love Halloween four. Right. Like it's, you know, not to we we're not talking about Halloween, but four is kind of one of my low key favorites mm-hmm. of the series. Mm-hmm. And um, she's also in the the Rob Zombie remake of Halloween. That's Urban, right. Okay. Yeah. Urban Legends, maybe. Mm-hmm. She pops up. Um, oh, she was in some. I'll I'll think of it after. But so she was a guest, and I was like pretty pumped because mm-hmm. yeah, I was like on set, and I think I fucking creeped her out. So <laughs> I was just like, oh, I just want to like, I just want to say I'm a really big fan of Halloween Four. <laughs> it's just like she's a fucking little girl in that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, that's yeah. That I think that's something you just got to keep inside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so too. I did it to Weird Al as well. Oh. Uh, I like had him sign my book when I should have waited to a better time. Well, that's a little less creepy, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's funny. You... Oh, she's the, she's the daughter in um, Last Boy Scout, and she's in Daylight as well. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I recommend Crawl and Jacob's Ladder to everybody. And it's funny you bring up Daniel Harris. Uh, I'm not going to say great segue. But possible segue into our discussion of today's movie. Uh, Yeah. She stars uh, alongside one of the stars of this film in a number of movies uh, that he appeared in later. Uh, Sure. Do you know who I'm talking about? It's a... Are you talking about Kane Hodder? I am talking about Kane Hodder. Um, Yeah. So today we're talking about... Friday the Thirteenth Seven, uh, a new blood, a new blood, yeah. which I I'm guessing amongst fans of the series and people who are knowledgeable about these things, probably more notable for anything than anything else for introducing Kane Hodder as Jason yeah. Voorhees. Yeah, I I definitely popped when his name was in the credits. Like, oh fuck, Kane Hodder. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So this kicks off a four movie run for him, which is he's the only person who's ever played Jason Voorhees more than once. Mm. Uh, and he managed to do it in four consecutive movies. 
is he in the Rob Zombie? Is he? Does he play Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies? Um, does he? I don't believe. No, because so. you said no. you said that uh, he appears alongside Daniel Harris. Yeah, he's in the Hatchet movies. Oh, yeah. okay. He, oh, okay. He is, in right, fact, right. the star of the Hatchet movies, none of which right. I have seen. Turns out there's four of them. I think I've seen the first one. Okay. Uh, I got Hatchet confused. There's another movie. Um, oh, yeah. Gary Paulson's The Hatchet appeared when I Googled it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> we don't need to get into it. Um, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I think I may have seen the first one, uh, but I used to get it confused with that f- that documentary behind the mat not the, like the mockumentary behind the mask yeah wrestling movie right? no that's that's beyond the beyond mat. the mat oh, okay behind sorry. the mask is uh, a horror movie a mockumentary it's very good about like a, a documentary crew following a serial like a a masked serial killer interesting uh, yeah it's cool it's i, I dug it it's uh, at least when i saw it it was on shutter i don't know if okay. it is anymore um yeah, I've not, but that yeah, I mean that's I think that's one of a, a handful of movies that you've met you've brought up in recent weeks, kind of these meta, almost comedy takes on the horror yeah, genre, yeah, yeah, which I'm always pretty interested in. But uh, no, Kane Hodder is uh, for those who don't know a career stuntman um, who, to make a long story very short worked with the director of this film previously a guy named john carl beekler who we'll talk about in a second but um he was somebody that beekler recommended he had worked with him before um the story behind it is in the film that they had worked on he had to rise from the grave and kane hodder suggested to the director that it would be pretty shocking if he had maggots spilling out of his mouth as he mm. sort of arose and like volunteered to do that and took a Ew. mouthful of live maggots and like had them spill out of his mouth. And that, oh. and that understandably stuck with Beekler. And he was like, yeah, this guy's pretty serious. Um, and he's, you know, uh, there's a lot about, you know, he's got a good size and sort of imposing figure for the role, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Talking about horror royalty here. Um, so I guess blood and guts check here. Um, what'd you feel about this movie? It's a controversial one as far as Friday the 13th movies go. Yeah. So man. Okay. I did not remember most of this. I remembered the, I didn't really, I remembered the opening and I remembered the sort of elevator pitch that this was kind of Carrie meets Jason. Right. Yeah. Um, pretty poorly received, not much loved in the franchise and i'm ready to shake things up and say that i liked this really i did and i would say i will say firmly that i enjoyed this more than the previous film which i know is one that people are a fan of oh man okay this is this is going to be interesting (laughs) because i really did not like this movie eric is out of my wedding (laughs) uh yeah my note my top line note that i wrote is that this movie's a series of faintly drawn characters being pulled from the pack one by one to be dispatched in bloodless kills um (laughs) no go ahead like they're barely defined before they're systematically killed it's so jumpy 
the way it's cut is mm-hmm. so jumpy that I legitimately had a hard time following it. Wow. Like there's so there's so many care and it wasn't just me because I kept just like pausing and and asking mm-hmm. my wife if I had missed something like taking notes, and it's just there's so many characters. I didn't know who the fuck anybody was. I didn't know. I don't know. I I had big issues with this movie. I do think it does some things well. It like I almost felt like you did about six, mm-hmm. but I definitely feel a little more negative about it than you did about okay. six, which you were kind of mixed on. I'm definitely like in the. I don't like this movie, Camp. Well, I mean, the good news for you is that you are in the majority. Uh, yeah. Most people don't like this movie. So I realize I'm going out on a limb here. Um, I mean, I think to your immediate complaints, I want to say one thing, which is when I watch these movies and when I evaluate stuff, these specifically, as we've learned a lot about this series, but also just in general... I do, maybe more than other people, I put a lot of weight on intention and like, I mean, execution also matters a ton. And we've had this argument before about movies. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I think almost as much as anything else in in the series, I know part two is one that comes up in this conversation. This movie got fucked up by the censors. Yeah. Yeah. That is the case. Um, and I would love to see a, an uncensored version yeah. of this, but it doesn't exist. No, and I don't think it ever will. Uh, for anybody who's curious, on the plus side, unlike some, unlike part two, there are some there's some work footage and some rough stuff that exists as DVD extras and Blu-ray extras with a lot of the footage that was cut. Uh, so you can get an idea of what they were shooting, but there is no quality film print there's no good mm-hmm. uh salvageable footage to ever make uh at least with today's technology uh like a good looking uh director's cut of this movie mm-hmm. so that's one thing where so when eric talks about bloodless kills yes definitely there's so much cutting away right as a kill's starting and you just wonder oh i want i i bet they shot something pretty cool and you know yeah and you watch crystal lake memories or if you watch the dvd extras they did they shot a lot of gross stuff that i think and it did look pretty cool yeah um so i will say that when i evaluated this movie i probably gave it some extra points for that like like it's almost like i'm not holding that against the movie as much which is not necessarily like the right way to do this because the movie as it exists Mm. has those problems But I think I'm a little more forgiving, let's say, of those types Mm -hmm. of things. And then, as far as the character stuff goes, I actually find that really interesting because I felt like these characters, while we didn't get a lot of backstory on any of them, there was this might sound insane, but I feel like there was almost like a cool kind of in media res type of approach to it's like they just show up and they're immediately talking to each other and it's like we don't get a bunch Mm -hmm. of dumb exposition dumping like i'm the sheriff's Mm -hmm. daughter i'm her sister i'm their best friend it's just like it's just a fucking bunch of people in a house you are you are sort of thrown into it much in the way that tina is thrown into it yeah sort of having to figure out the relationships of everybody Mm -hmm. um yeah there is something to be said about that but I I don't think the actors are good enough to pull. There just wasn't 
all right, some of them have do have traits like Maddie. Her right. her game is pretty mm-hmm. clear. The uh, druggy sleaze ball Eddie, right? Eddie, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, Eddie is the sci-fi guy. Oh yeah, you're right. But see, Dave, I think I don't know. Yeah. Like I don't even I didn't catch most of these names. But then there's the couple, uh, the the black couple who yeah. just like it, it, there's. I just it felt like there's so many characters that existed just to be killed. Almost before, right when you meet them. Sure, but I mean, I think uh, for but better. I mean, that is a thing that's happened before. Right, and and I'll say this is this movie does not have a bunch of characters with zero relationship to the plot who are uh-huh. getting killed. Like we've had that in the past two movies. Yeah, like right, just like right. I mean, and honestly, more than that, part three has the same problem where we just get introduced to people for one scene so they can get off. And like, we do have people who spend that amount of time on screen, but they're all there for the same reason. They're all part of one group. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. They all are there for the surprise party. Yeah. So let me throw this out. One of the things Mm -hmm. that I really enjoyed about this movie, uh, which I didn't think I would is going back to that elevator pitch. I think this idea of a Carrie versus Jason type of confrontation, mm-hmm. it worked for me. I don't know. I, I, and there are a handful of reasons I, why that I can point to. One, we're on movie number seven. I'm interested to see new elements enter the plot. Shake it up. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And not just shake it up in terms of the way six does where it's like the, it's going to be tongue in cheek. It's the plot is still identical, right? Or it's not mm-hmm. identical, but very similar like this one actually like things new things happen right and mm-hmm. two on a fundamental level what happens here for the very first time is instead of having this classic final girl scenario where she just barely escapes mm-hmm. Jason has a foe there is a he has a formidable foe yeah there is a a sort of back and forth there's a battle that happens here and that's something mm-hmm. that's for me has never been pulled off in this series before. And so maybe I'm just like, you know, my bar is really low cause we're on movie number seven and we've watched some yeah, stinkers, yeah. but the fact that this just did some new stuff, like may, it kept me much more engaged. And I was like, all right, I'm interested. Yeah, no, I can, res- I can respect that. And I think that when we were watching this movie for the podcast, it feels different than just throwing it on and watching one of these movies. Uh, in which case, I probably wouldn't be thinking so much about my nitpicks. Yeah. Um, and I would just be like, okay, that was, I mean, you know, like like we've said before, even the worst one that we've seen mm-hmm. is still pretty fun to watch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but this one, you know, just, I know you didn't really like the tone of the last movie, part six, but I this one was like so self-serious mm-hmm. in like that... I don't know. It just I didn't have as much fun with it as I wish I could have. I think you and I want different things tonally in that respect uh-huh. because I think for me what I realized because I think you're right, it is serious, but I thought it was fun and I think uh-huh. I think that there's like this central issue that gets talked about a lot in like satire and 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 spoof, parody, those sorts of things, right? Like Things often tend to be funnier when they get played straight. And, you know, it's like that whole idea of like, you know, Leslie Nielsen was a really serious 
dramatic actor yeah. until he did Airplane, right? And part of the reason he's right. so funny is because he plays it so fucking straight. Um, right. And Six wanted to joke around with us too much. And it was like too mm. in on the joke. And too, it was like Six felt like mugging. And this one mm. feels silly, but in a self-serious mm. way, which makes it more entertaining for me. And I'm not saying that Seven is trying sure. to be funny. I don't even know that it necessarily no. is. But it's just, I don't think it is. But it's just like it comes off as more fun as a digestible... Like this is truly, at best, Friday the 13th movies hope to be uh, palatable junk food, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And... I like I like this one for being I I mean there was almost there's a couple notes that I have that we'll hit on as we go through the whole plot but there are a bunch of times in this movie where I felt like that sort of security blanket feeling of like I'm glad they went back to doing this in, oh, okay. instead of trying to you know cuz 5 gets rid it, of I, Jason I, and 6 you know is all funny and this yeah. one in a lot of it, ways t- yeah go ahead so I was gonna say to be clear, I don't think they should have kept the tone of six yeah. throughout the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. I thought that was just like a fun, yeah. Like, oh, it's the funny one, right? You know, like it's a. I mean, you know, they get they get back there sort of with like Jason, Freddy versus Jason is certain yeah. parts of X from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they do. But I just, I don't know. I mean, well, I, I'll probably. We'll have more, definitely more to talk about as we for do our sure. recap of it. But uh, yeah, just this one didn't do it so much for me. I also, uh, not to like punch down, not, I'm not punching down at anybody. He's a director. <laughs> the director really rubbed me the wrong way in, <laughs> in those Crystal Lake Memories segments. Yeah. Uh, he was a bald man back then, and now he has like, He's, he has like a black beard and blonde like <laughs> wrestler hair, like <laughs> yeah. And he just he just kind of came off as a real pretentious. I mean, he I I think he rightly feels fucked by this movie in yeah, a little bit, definitely in a way because the MPAA gutted it. Um, but I, um, I would argue that like well, some of the other stuff that that wasn't messed mm-hmm. with by the MPAA didn't work so well for me or wasn't like it wasn't slick in the way that six was slick see and i, or that I two, thought i thought six was thought, too slick yeah okay yeah 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 like especially reflecting back on six like because you know i watched crystal lake memories today and i watched the portions for six and seven so i rewatched a lot of mm-hmm. you know of the big shots and scenes from six and it's like yeah he tried to make like an action movie it's like an action yeah, comedy yeah. and it's just like it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit in the series for me. And this one, yeah. like this one, does different things. But I like the way that it introduces new elements. It's like it keeps the familiar format and the tone that I've become accustomed to, and yeah. perhaps come to prefer. And then instead of having a different tone, it has just different plot elements. You know, which mm-hmm. I think for me that's a lot of what's started to drag as the movies have gone on mm-hmm. uh, is just the repetition of plot. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I do. You did tease me, uh, mm-hmm. not like making fun of me, mm-hmm. but you on text, you said, do you know what else this director has done? 
Is that something you want to talk about now, or is that something that you want to talk about later? I, that's something that's going to come up later, I think. Okay. I think uh, I for our end segment, it's best that we steer clear of the filmography of John Carl Beekler. Um, okay. Only, all I'll say to, to people who are, are interested is... Uh, this is a guy, and this is also maybe maybe this is just me, but I like I kind of respect this process of coming up. He was a special effects guy that you know eventually worked up to the opportunity to do some directing, um, mm-hmm. and so you know he's got a ton of impressive uh, special effects and makeup credits, and some of them on some movies that I know both of us really like. He's got. A bunch of Nightmare on Elm Street work. He's got Halloween work. He worked on From Beyond, uh, which oh, is yeah, an yeah. awesome movie with amazing special effects. So um, yeah, yeah. But I won't get too far much further into his filmography because it's going to come up later on. All right. Um, well, also quickly, just a little bit of backstory on this. This was initially um, they had been floating the idea of Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. For this movie, mm-hmm. but just it was a legal nightmare. And they just couldn't figure it out. So instead, Mancuso Jr. wanted to do Jason versus Carrie. Right. So, like, the elevator pitch of this movie is this is Jason versus Carrie. Not literally Carrie, but mm-hmm. someone yeah. with Carrie-like powers. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, obviously that was the direction they wanted to go in. So I'm glad that they behind the scenes were saying, hey, we need to pit Jason against somebody. <laughs> Uh, yeah because it's just yes. like having ex blonde girl just survive to the end and then miraculously i mean i'll say this uh you know we've got tommy jarvis as our sort of in part six but it's like the end of that movie was such a goddamn mess man it was uh, yes um <laughs> we don't have I to go back frank, to six but <laughs> i think Man- frank mancuso jr is a little bit of a chicken shit uh <laughs> in, in these camp these crystal lake memories uh-huh. uh only because every time it's one of the poorly regarded movies, mm-hmm. he's like, and then I, then I didn't pay attention. To yeah, he, he literally stuff. reuses the phrase, I took a step back on. Like, yeah. Yeah. Anytime. And it I sucks. don't buy it. Yeah, I don't buy it. And then when he when the uh, movies are good, he's like, yeah, so I knew I had to take the reins. And exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I didn't like that. Um so, is there anything else we want to talk about, like backstory wise, before we get into the recap? We're already I think, going pretty long. Yeah, right? I think you. I think we covered most of the big hits. Yeah. Um, as far as cast goes, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, there's one big hilarious actor in the cast that. That's worth talking about. We can talk about it when he comes up, or we can talk about oh, it now. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. Um, let's jump into the synopsis, and when we meet, all right, when we meet our our Doctor Cruz, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it some more. So we'll take a quick break for uh, for our advertisement, and then we'll get into the synopsis. All right, great. Okay, we start with some intense, intense uh, narration, and we got a return. Of the recap, and I do like I like the way they did it in this one. They did a good one. They uh, cut they cut together a nice little package here. Exactly, they didn't just replay the final moments of the previous mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and it says, "There's a legend around here, buried but not dead." Oh, sorry, fuck. No, it's fine. I'm so bad at reading. 
<laughs> it's okay. It's just your job on the podcast. There's a legend around here of a killer buried but not dead. A curse on Crystal Lake. A death curse. Jason Voorhees curse. They say he died as a boy, but he keeps coming back. Few have seen him and lived. Some have even tried to stop him. No one can. So, people forget he's down there waiting. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, it got, it's like, gets you pumped, lets you know what's happening. Beautiful, like, I felt like they wove a little shout out to Ralph, rest in peace, in there. Yes, yeah. Calling back the death Using- curse death curse it's a death curse <laughs> um and then uh so we we get the title card with the mask light shines through it and it cracks apart uh i didn't like it wasn't one of my favorite no, mask not, not memorable uh, title cards um and then yeah kane hotter's in this one i was really pumped about that uh and then we're at the lake Jason's under the surface with his stupid chain noose around his <laughs> neck, just fucking chilling there. Yep. Locked uh, in his. Pr- how, there's no way he. I mean, he gotta. He has to be able to get out of that thing. It's absurd. I guess he's not technically alive. Is he dead at that point? I don't know. I mean, the thing is, it's just like. I think I could get out of that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't want to try, but I think I could. No, me neither. Like, it's just too <laughs> loose around his neck. Like, you just yeah. lift the fucking thing off your head. Yeah, exactly. It's lighter yeah. in the water. <laughs> We've seen him jump up to boats. We know he can do, phys- like, yeah. streets uh, streets of fang. <laughs> Feats of strength. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Jason's under the surface. Uh, we see, we meet Tina. Uh, at this point, a little girl. She looks very much like the, the poltergeist girl. Yeah. Um, her family's there. At the lake, uh, and her dad is an alcoholic. We hear him hitting his mom. Everybody's freaking out. She runs out of the house crying. Her dad's chasing her, and she gets onto a boat. Uh, She's super mad at her dad for uh, hitting her mom and says that she wishes that he was dead. Mm. Then the the dock that that he was standing on starts to rock. It looks cool. Like, it's a nice practical effect. Yeah, we got a real collapsing Uh, dock here. There's some good stunts mm-hmm. in this movie, which I know Kane Hodder, he in least in Crystal Lake Memories, um, that was something that he really wanted to do. He wanted this one to be like a stunty. Yeah. Um, and then so the day, the dock starts to rock. Uh, then he falls into the water and drowns. You get a body count of one. And then Tina wakes up. She's a teenage girl in a car with her mom. I guess she's supposed to be 17. Okay. Uh, so let's do a little math here. Hmm. <laughs> in this is the best. in part in part six uh-huh this it was uh so tommy was 12 in part yeah we should be writing four. this down i know she's 12 in part four five doesn't count really oh no he's 17 and five mm-hmm. which he looks like he's fucking 30 right so we figured this out wasn't it like later. 1990 or 91 yeah 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 so then this one takes place after six, which I think is a, f- a year or two after this. Let's say like conservatively a year after right. part four or mm-hmm. whatever, five. Um, and now this, at the start of this, she's probably six or so. And then 10 years, then, then we fast forward about 10 or 11 yeah, years. Let's say 10 years. So we're in the two thousands, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
it's great. great. It's great because it never really will rectify itself from this point forward. Because eventually he goes to fucking space in the future. Right. So it doesn't. Right. Yeah. It's just you wash it all out and it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Uh, it may be the 2000s, but Tina's mom's hair screams Holy 1986. Me. She has every New England mom's haircut from from the late eighties. Yeah. Holy shit! It is a, a sight to see. Yeah. If you're if you haven't watched this movie, just at least look up Tina's mom's hair. I don't know what her name is. I can't remember. Um, um, the actress's name is Susan Blue B L U. Oh okay. Yeah. Um. So she wakes up in a car with her mom. They're they're back, uh, going back to the cabin. And the town is now called Crystal Lake again. Yeah. So yeah. rest, Go. rest in peace, Forest Green. It's been ten years. I guess they're trying to maybe they're trying to capitalize on the uh, interest, the tourism. Yeah. All the the people coming to see the Death Curse. Yeah. Um. So we also have Doctor Cruz, um, who is played by a one Mister Terry Kaiser. Did you know Kaiser? Kaiser? Kaiser, I believe. Did you know who he was when you saw him? Um. It took me a second, and I knew that he was in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, I had read oh, okay. that he was in it. So I but wasn't. But still. Yeah, go go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say, I wasn't. I, was... I didn't know that this particular gentleman would appear in the movie. Um, oh, did you immediately recognize him when you saw I him? I did, but not as his most famous role. So I recognize right. Terry Kaiser, and this will show you how much I watched fucking HBO in, like, 1995. <laughs> I recognize Terry Kaiser as the antagonist in Mannequin 2, Mannequin on the Move. Oh, shit. That's him? Yeah, Count Spretzel. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the Holy big shit. mole with the hair growing from it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is, don't they keep pointing out that there's a hair? And he's like, what, what yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. Or something? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. But, he's in something else, too, that I've seen recently uh, that was like, oh, that's Terry Kaiser. It'll take me a second if you had something. Well, while Eric's looking this up, I was going to give you the opportunity, but I will tell our, our listeners, in case you didn't know, Terry Kaiser most notably portrayed Bernie in Weekend at Bernie's and yeah. Weekend at Bernie's 2. <laughs> and I think, had he been Bernie at this point? or No, he was, uh, this I is mean, the year okay. before Weekend at Bernie's. So he's about to hit it big with yeah. Weekend at Bernie's. Terry Kaiser's star is on the rise. <laughs> he's an L.A. law mannequin on the move. Yeah. God damn. It's going to drive me crazy. That Oh, he's, he did an episode of Dream On. Oh, wait. No, here it is. It was Tammy and the T-Rex. He's in oh. Tammy and the T-Rex. What? Do you, what have you seen that? I have. What yeah, is the deal the, with that the movie? Gore... So they shot it as like a campy horror movie with like extreme gore uh-huh. uh and then it got turned into a teen movie and they cut all the gore out of it and um but shutter has at least it did when i watched it uh-huh. has the gore cut okay. i don't actually like it very much i think it's a pretty boring movie okay but it's interesting it's it's a it's interesting to see the gore is pretty funny but otherwise it's like it's sort of like what we were talking about with six. Uh-huh. Like you feel like it was leaning into it too much, too little, too tongue in cheek. That yeah. t- Tammy and the T Rex is sort of do, trying to have its cake and eat it, eat it too. Gotcha. Okay. And it's so 
kind of inept that the title card is t- says Tanny in the T Rex. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, it's insane. I couldn't like oh. that. I don't know how that made it through. Wow. Yeah, Tanny and the T Rex. Okay. Um. So, uh, oh, he did an episode of Norm as well. Ah. <laughs> uh, um. Gone. So too then soon. we we meet we meet some teens. Uh, oh, did I say they're visiting the spot where her dad died for some sort of okay. therapeutic yeah. purpose? Yeah, that's important information. Uh, we meet some teens. I didn't get their like. I barely know their names now. I wrote Tammy's mom has weird hair. Um, there's Nick who becomes the central like love interest yeah. and a couple of babes. He's played by Kevin um, Spiritus, who to this day is a uh, consistently working uh, soap actor. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. He's a handsome guy. Yeah, and then when you see him in the um, like the more modern day Crystal Lake Memories interviews and stuff, you, it makes sense because he's like, yeah, he looks great. Yeah, still. yeah. Uh, also very obviously gay and the, the, um, the behind the scenes, they called this one fry gay the 13th because most of the cast was gay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's funny because there's a lot of talk in those interviews about the lack of chemistry between him and Tina. And I was like, it feels about the same as all these movies. <laughs> Yeah, it does. It really does. Yeah. There's never like any like sparks flying. Yeah. Between it's not like characters. fucking Tom Matthews was lighting the screen on fire with his yeah, co-star yeah. in the last one. Honestly, the best chemistry is probably between Vicky and Mark. And Amen, Park brother. Yeah. Too. Like that. Like that was, I actually, I felt that, man. Yeah. I felt that. Well, Mark, you know, can go straight when he needs to, I guess. Exactly. He's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so T- Nick helps Tina when her suitcase falls open. He's wearing cut off jean shorts. Yeah, it's a real like hunk of man. Yeah, he really is. Uh, so then we cut to uh, Terry Kaiser as Dr. Cruz videotaping her. He's doing like these telekinesis tests on her and he wants her to move a matchbook on the table. He's got um, real. Right from the beginning, he's he's putting out serious creep vibes. Yeah, he there's something he's yelling at her because mm-hmm. she says she but, can't do it. He's like, "You're lying at me." Did you get lying the, to me? Did you get the feeling that he was also maybe trying to put the moves on her mom? Yes. Yeah. yeah there's definitely. Yeah. That he's it, a creepo. It never becomes a plot point. Spoiler, but he definitely like just has that energy. It's also weird that he's staying with them. Like, wouldn't you? Like, if you, I don't know. I feel mm-hmm. like you would get a hotel. Yeah, you stay off site. It's, br- it's a breach of ethics. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, <laughs> so she moves it. Um, and, he, you know, they're explaining that they're there for her to overcome the guilt of her father's yeah. death. I just, I just want to stop for a second because in case you haven't seen this movie... I don't want to underplay this. Like she's moving a matchbook around with her mind. So that's like, yes, I'm sorry. That's not a normal thing. And, and I had a side note here too. I wanted to ask you a question. I don't know if this is at all relatable to you, but when I was a kid, I all the time would try to move things with my mind. (laughs) Did you do that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I tried to fly. Uh, Uh, Yeah. I yeah. tried to, yeah, I, I thought I could read thoughts. Yeah. I spent so much time staring at objects and just concentrating and just like waiting for them to move. Oh man, I feel so bad. My son, he's five, and he is like getting to the point now where he's realizing superpowers will never be achievable to him. Oh no. And he like gets bummed out. 
He's like, I wish I wasn't born a human. I wish I was like a cheetah so I could run fast. And it's like, oh, dude. I just feel like first one day you can fly a jetpack. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah. He'll have flying. He'll have a hoverboard, hopefully. (laughs) A real hoverboard, not that bullshit they pass off as hoverboards. Okay, sorry. We're getting so many diversions. This is going to be a fucking three-hour-long podcast. We don't have to spend that much time on the plot of the movie. (laughs) No, no, no. We're not. Um when back to the future two came out, mm-hmm. there was a rumor amongst my friends that they actually had hoverboards yeah. in California. Yeah. That rumor made it to my school. That's crazy. That, that, oh, so you had it too. Was yeah. it specifically in California? No, it was just specifically, it was like, it was, it was like, did you know that they actually made hoverboards for that movie? Like they couldn't do the special effects. So they had to make them real. Wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ours was like, oh yeah, like they're like market testing them in California. Although we didn't know what market testing was, but uh, they were like, well, maybe they have them in New York too. Um, so eventually, she gets mad, and the the matchbook ignites. Um, we meet Russell and Sandra, uh, who are is like the the preppy guy, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Russell, it's his uncle's house. Yeah. And he's, he's always, you can tell who Russell is because he's always got a sweater tied around his neck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's his uncle's house, but they're sleeping in the van. Um, and then we go back to Tina. She's crying. She misses her dad. There are so many pleats on their pants and tucked in shirts in this movie. Uh, everybody just has high-waisted pleated pants. Uh, she runs out to the dock. Um, oh, f- that's a dumb note. I like. I, I liked the lights on the dock, and I I wrote that down because I was like, "Hey, do you like those lights? I think we should get those for the backyard." <laughs> I know the kind you're talking about, though. I like them too. Um, yeah, I, I like these lights. I should get them for the backyard. In, <laughs> in general, I did like this location. Um, Me too. Yeah. yeah. So, so they stayed in the south here. They're shooting in Georgia this time. Is that right, or is it Alabama? Alabama. Alabama. Yes, yeah, so they moved from Georgia to Alabama. Um, but yeah, again, it's like the one, the one drawback is like, especially in a lot of the wood scenes, you can just tell it's their Southern woods. They don't look like, uh, the Northeast, but yeah, they're not like that thick forest. Yeah. But other than that, I think it's like, they found a really good natural location for this stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, it's got a good like Lake Lodge feel to it. Uh, so she's flashing back to the night her dad died, and um, she says, I wish I could bring you back. And then the, the water starts to bubble. We see Jason. There's bubbles coming up around him. His eyes open, and he he bursts through the surface, and she faints. Mm-hmm. It looks bad. I don't think it looks good. <laughs> Which part? <clears throat> Just his 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 resurrection. Yeah. I guess it looked real cheesy. A lot of, I don't know. Didn't work for me very well. But it's a stupid thing to have to write yourself out yeah. of anyway. I thought it got the job done. But, you know, obviously uh, I'm in a more forgiving mode here. Yeah, yeah. I do like his spine is exposed through the movie. I think that's a cool look. Yeah, the uh, like, sort of... Sort of rotting. Yeah, the decomposition one assumes would happen under the water is reflected mm-hmm. in in his appearance for the whole thing. And it is a good look. Um. So, yeah, he gets out of the lake. Her mom and Dr. Cruz find her. Uh, and then she wakes up on the couch with a real 80s looking Afghan blanket <laughs> on top of her. 
Like, definitely my grandmother knit that for her. <laughs> um, Dr. Cruz. Terry Kaiser looks like Polly Walnuts. <laughs> uh, like, but without the gray hair. Yeah. Uh, there's a... I mean, this is... I'm jumping way ahead, but just because we're talking about his appearance. Like, towards the end of the movie, he walks around. His 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 final outfit is a, like a wool jacket over a turtleneck sweater. And I'm yeah. just like... That guy's got to be fucking... I was like, I would be cooking in that outfit. Oh, my God. I know. I know. At least it was at night. Uh, yeah, But, yeah, true. still, even then. Um, so then we meet the a couple, Michael and Jane. They're broken down by the highway, and uh, they decide to just camp there. Um, and then, so she, she reveals that, oh, man, it's his birthday. Mm-hmm. She was bringing him to the cabin for the surprise party everyone's waiting for them to show up um and then nick goes to tina's house to return a shirt or something that she dropped when her when her suitcase busted open and he invites tina to the surprise party um and that's when i realized that it was terry kaiser because i wrote holy shit it's terry kaiser (laughs) (laughs) uh back in the woods michael goes to take a piss or something i'm not sure jason comes up behind jane a bloodless kill as he stabs her somewhere. Doesn't it's not clear where. Mm-hmm. Uh, body count of two. He pins her to a tree. He chases Michael and throws a knife into his back or some sort of sharp thing. It looks like a bayonet almost. I'm not really sure what it is. It is a really unclear what this weapon he's using is for a while here at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, so then at the party, we meet Eddie. Who's he's like this nerd, this like really high strung guy. He's wearing like an army jacket mm-hmm. and he's pitching his sci fi book. Um, Zach Woods is Russell. <laughs> he looks just <laughs> like Zach Woods. Um, Melissa is the blonde girl. There's a real foxy brunette. Oh, her name that's Robin. I was a yeah. big Robin fan. I okay. want to declare myself big fan of Robin. Do you want to talk about Robin for um, a second? Uh, yeah, let's talk about her. So, please. Ro- so to to do my best, uh, Joe Bob Briggs impersonation, <laughs> without actually doing the voice, I'm not gonna try. Uh, so Robin is a legitimate all time scream queen. So she has a ton of exploitation and horror credits to her name. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A lot of Skinamax kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So, so so this is the her name is uh, Elizabeth Caton. Uh, mm-hmm. is uh, and she was originally born in Hungary and then became oh. a uh, well you know obviously like a lot of did some modeling becomes an actress and yeah her first uh, like I mean her first real big is relative mm-hmm. uh, she's she's a, a, a role in Silent Night Deadly Night 2 but I'm just gonna uh-huh. fire off some titles here to just give you guys an idea of the filmography of one Elizabeth Caton, because I think it's a lot of fun just to browse her IMDb here. So we've got Silent Madness, Savage <laughs> Dawn, Scandalous Simone, Slave Girls from Beyond Infinity, Assault Whoa. of the Killer Bimbos, Doctor Alien, <laughs> Rollerblade Warriors: colon, Taken by Force. <laughs> <laughs> Vice Academy Part 3 Hell Roller Night Realm Love Street 
Vice Academy 4. Oh, she came back for Vice Academy Part 4. Oh, wow. And Vice Academy 5. Holy shit. South Beach Academy and the Exotic House of Wax. Wow. This is just a sampling of her credits. It's movies like Vice Academy that wish that we just covered all sorts of series and not just horror series. Because I would like to delve into the Vice Academy. Yeah, I have a feeling um, it might be yeah, she's, fun. She's a uh, real foxy. She looks like Kate Nash in this. Yeah, I can see um, that. So then we meet uh, David, I think his name is. The guy, he tries to shotgun a beer and chokes. I did like that, like, in all exterior uh, the way he mm-hmm. looks he's supposed to be like this cool bad guy uh-huh. bad boy but he like keeps fucking up and like choking on his beer and yeah. doing dumb things he's a dipshit yeah uh tina gets fl- uh flashes like kind of flashes forward to michael dying and so she's getting like these premonitions of mm-hmm. people dying uh, and she runs outside because she's all freaked out. She finds that spike or bayonet or whatever it is stuck into her house. Yeah. She tells her mom and Dr. Cruz that she saw the man in the lake kill the boy with the spike. Dr. Cruz goes to look and the spike is gone. And then we meet another couple mm-hmm. also camping, Judy and Dan. They all look the same. I have to take, <laughs> I take back what I said before. These two are introduced solely to die. <laughs> yeah yeah and, and coming so close off the heels of mike in whatever the other girl's name mm-hmm. is sandra or whatever the second sandra also second robin yeah in as many movies mm-hmm. we just had a robin yeah god it drives, it drives me nuts when they won't mix mix up the names a little bit um so dan goes into the woods with his machete to get firewood yeah she goes into the tent he goes on to live a long happy life uh <laughs> Just kidding. Jason punches through him and takes his machete. Okay. Body so, count of four. So we just lost Dan. Before we move on from Dan, did you notice anything familiar about Dan's outfit? Oh, no. Nothing that jumped into mind. Okay. So I cannot definitively prove this, but after pausing on this scene and then going and researching, I can say... I'll say with 90% confidence that the standard outfit of MacGruber is taken... Is Dan? Is taken directly from Dan's outfit in this movie. What? Yeah. Um, You can find one side by side. I think if you search Dan, Friday the 13th, and MacGruber, someone put them together in a tweet once. Um... But I am telling you, like, the entire outfit. So he's got, like, a kind of blue and white flannel shirt rolled up to the sleeves. He's wearing a khaki vest over it, and he's wearing tight blue jeans. It's the exact same outfit. Oh, shit. I, uh, the tweet that I found uh-huh. is no longer there. But I, yeah, I trust, I believe you. That's crazy. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder. And I, I, I and I'll say this. I even think that the actor that plays Dan kind of looks like Will Forte. Like Will Forte. He does. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was something I almost wrote in my notes. Yeah, he does. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So I don't know. I want to know. I want to learn more about this. So maybe we can track down 
someone who uh, maybe one of the Lonely Island guys or Will Forte. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I'm sure. I mean, we can probably get in touch with them somehow. Um. So Judy is in the tent. She's like, okay, you big hunk of a man. Come and get me. Uh, and then Jason cuts through the tent, uh, grabs her in her sleeping bag, and whacks her against a tree. Uh, body count to five. And then, like, she kind of falls on the ground. Mm-hmm. And her eyes are all bulged out. Yeah. It's cool. Th- uh, this is one of the kills that also got heavily. They did different versions mm-hmm. where they're like, one was filled with like 20 counts. Yeah, this is blood, blood going <laughs> everywhere. Oh, I, wa- I wish. I wish. They they repeat this one in uh Jason X. Yeah. This kill. So I'm not going to I'm not going to bury the lead here. This is my favorite Jason Voorhees kill. This is yeah. Uh, this is probably my, one of my favorites too. And I in it Sorry, my cat had to get out. We're going to leave that in. You guys can really see how the sausage is made. Uh, yeah. I had to let my cat out of the recording studio. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think maybe it tells you something about how I value ingenuity and creativity uh, uh-huh. in these kills. But, like, even in its edited form, there's something viscerally... I, 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 like, even I, I knew it was coming and I still kind of, like, laughed out loud. When yeah, yeah. He picks up the sleeping bag and just <laughs> whacks it against a tree as hard as you can. It's great. Yeah. It's great. I love it. Um, then uh, Eddie, the next morning, Eddie's talking over breakfast about a movie or something that he's writing called "The Battle of the Gargantuan Throngar," <laughs> or it's something that he something that he he likes. Yeah, uh, calls it a work of genius. Uh, Kate, Robin, Maddie, and Ben. And the black dude, I never got his name. Um, they're there. Nick's skipping stones on the lake and talking to Tina. Mm-hmm. And she's like, your friends must think I'm a real joke. Um, he gives his backstory, but like has dad kicked him out. And now he goes to night school. <laughs> Melissa, the blonde girl, is spying on them. Um, she's a real ice queen. She is, yeah. And she's it, it, Tina says... She saw her father get killed with a as, when she was a kid, and it really messed her up. Um, and you know, with my luck, you're probably just going to turn into another delusion. Mm. And so Melissa's hearing this, filing it all away for her bitchy girl purposes. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, oh, so Kate might be the black girl. Okay, so okay, Robin is Kate Nash. Natty is the Maddie is the nerd. Mm-hmm. Um. We meet uh, we, no David, the bad boy. He's like the Colombian Express is pulling out all aboard, um, and drugs. he smokes some weed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Melissa makes fun of t- Tina for being in a mental hospital, uh, and then Tina angrily breaks her string of pearls. And I thought this was cool. I thought this was a cool effect, like the pearls sort it of was, come yeah. up off her, and then they all hover in midair and break and go everywhere and i i, I yeah this was the point at which uh my now fiance kenda turned to me and said she liked this one. Oh yeah and thought that the telekinesis stuff at least made it slightly less boring <laughs> that's fair <laughs> uh so tina's freaking out at home she tells her mom and dr cruz about what happened uh tina wants to leave because she's freaked out of her visions of people dying um 
and she gets mad and psychically throws a TV at Dr. Cruz. Then she runs out and runs right into Nick, who's coming to visit her. Um, and she she questions him about his cousin Michael. Where is he? And he shows her a picture. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, shit, that's the dude I saw die in my visions. Yeah. Uh, Russell and Sandra, um, <laughs> they're like, I think this is nighttime now, and they're about to go skinny dipping. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's like, when did you fall in love with me? When I first saw your big, beautiful wallet. <laughs> Um, it's real dumb. Yeah, so we got another Na- another Sandra, another Robin. She gets naked. I do enjoy seeing that. Yeah, nudity uh, is back. Nudity's back, baby. Yeah, I just want to remind all you fucking part six stands out there that we've gone an entire <laughs> movie with no nudity yeah. in the Friday the 13th series. Like, what do you think these movies are for? Some pretty quality nudity, too. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason promptly hacks him. And then pulls her underwater. Yeah, and can can we talk a little bit about how he how he kills Russell here? Because I also actually yeah, yeah. as 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 edited as this was, I still like the way this one ends up. Um, yeah. So he kind of does almost like a it's like a cricket bat type swing. I don't want to call it a golf swing because it's more you know from the side, but yeah, like right an uppercut into Russell's face with yeah like up through his chin or across Mm -hmm. like up his face yeah Yeah. and we do get to see at the end of this scene like sort of the aftermath of it and we get it's it's a little dark and hard to see but like his chin has been split you know and it's like whole face and if you watch those deleted scenes it's a pretty gruesome prosthetic that they did it is yeah. yeah it looks the prosthetic does look cool um so he's got to okay. he's got to kill Sandra now. Oh yeah, yeah. He pulls her under the water. Yeah, boom. That's um, it. So that's it. Uh, and then so Maddie's getting made up. She's she wants to be the pretty girl now. Mm-hmm. So she's getting made up like a painted hua. <laughs> um, all, all tarted up. <laughs> yeah, and of course she takes her glasses off, and it makes her look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Just take those glasses off. You're a pretty girl. Uh, Melissa is trying to win Nick over, and she's trying to make him jealous um by hitting on david i think i wrote nick that's not no right. it's not david it's uh, eddie right eddie yeah. oh yeah yeah eddie yes yes the sci-fi guy mm-hmm. Duh. uh so then we see terry cruz terry cruz <laughs> <laughs> oh man terry cruz Dr. terry cruz is canceled now <laughs> <laughs> he pulls a sp- that spike out of his desk um I was confused here. Was this a flash? There's a flashback, right? Because then we see him uh, finding the spike in the woods. No, there's an. I think there might be more than one, or we do. Yeah, maybe we do. I don't know, but definitely the one that Tina saw in the stuck in the frame of the house is the one that he took it and he put it in his yeah. desk because he's trying then, to get her agitated. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then. Tina's mom goes in there when he's not in there and finds it in his desk. And then she puts a V like a tape into the VCR. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's talking about how he wants to keep Tina's stress levels high to induce her telekinesis. Yeah. So really he's not there to help her get over the death of her father at all. Nope. He just wants to see her telekinesis powers. Maybe fuck her mom. Maybe fuck her mom. <laughs> I mean that hair. Who could yeah, resist? Yeah, if he her? can get it in while he's getting all of the rest of his work done, 
He'll give it. A, he'll 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 throw it at her. So uh, she confronts him about it. He says, "What's that?" <laughs> I said th- he'll throw it at her. It he'll was total nonsense. <laughs> his 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 dick. He'll throw his dick at her. That's what I. He'll I, throw it. Yeah. He'll throw it at her. Yeah. <laughs> he'll detach it. <laughs> Uh, from it's held there by yeah. Velcro. Detachable penis. That's of, a fun song. Yeah, yeah, that's fun. King song. Missile. King Missile. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he tells her mom that he's going to have Tina committed. Tina overhears that, runs and drives away in her car. Um, as she's driving, she gets a vision of her mom being killed by Jason in the middle of the road and crashes into a tree. And how fast yeah. is she going when she crashes, Eric? Not that fast. Yeah, that's right, motherfucker. We got a low speed low crash. Low speed car crash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That RV crash in part six was too fast. Too fast. We needed slow a it low down. speed crash and we got one. See, this is what and I'm talking crash about. crash into a tree. Were you not pumped when you got a low speed crash in this movie? I was. I actually wrote that this sequence is pretty cool. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Maddie's getting made up with her feathered hair and makeup. Uh, she's looking for David. I don't know who David is. Oh, yeah, he's the... He's the druggie. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then she goes to look for him in the woods, apparently. <laughs> uh, she loses her earring. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she bends over and finds Russell's body that falls from a tree somehow classic friday the 13th yeah. a body just falling down jason loves the opportune move. time yeah he does yeah how does he do that you think like pressure plates or like <laughs> like like a, a a trip wire that triggers it yeah or maybe he's watching i think it's a trip wire i think mm. you know he spent a lot of time in the woods he knows uh survival craft um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been watching a lot of the National Geographic channel or History Channel show alone. Uh, so <laughs> learning a lot about, you know, survival craft. And this is definitely this is definitely something you could do with just a little bit of woods know how. Sure. Yeah. You ever see those videos of like the guy who makes like an entire house out of mud and shit? Yeah, those are cool. Not but, shit. But, but but you definitely have to suspend your disbelief because it's like I think he shoots those things over like a month or whatever. And oh, it's like, probably. Yeah. But those are pretty cool. Um, so she runs into the barn, and Jason kills her off camera with a sickle. Oh my god! Ugh. Okay, so this right here, this is like the divide. This is this is a clear illustration of the divide that Eric and I are having, because Eric just blew through this like, yeah, and he kills her, and blah. <laughs> and I was like, from the second that Maddie goes out into the woods, I'm like, this feels like fucking classic Friday the Thirteenth, like this whole sequence i really enjoy it like we get like she drops her earring she goes to look for it she gets shocked by these dead bodies jason shows up we have a classic jason stalking a woman through the woods she runs into a fucking barn she goes into the barn and on the wall is just like a selection of potential murder weapons yeah yeah there's a cat and mouse in the barn she crawls under a wall she hides she does he he stalks around and then he he leaves and she thinks she's gotten away. She sneaks back out. She's hiding behind a wall again. His arms burst through the wall on either side of her. And then, yes, he kills her with a sickle. And it is, I think, a really dramatic, fun chase that is very just, it is exactly what I've come to expect and desire from these movies. And yeah, they do cut away from the kill and that sucks. However, uh, the rest of it I had I totally enjoyed. 
All right. I mean, you know what? You're right. I maybe gave this one this scene short shrift. It, I mean, it, it almost immediately lost me though, because why is she just looking from outside? What what is she? Where is she going? So there's something that's a problem I have mm-hmm. with kind of the remainder of this movie mm-hmm. is there's just a lot of people walking around in woods and I'm not sure where they are. The geography of everything is kind of strange why they're there. So like, I don't know. And this is kind of the start of it all. It's like, why is she in the woods? Okay. She's, I know she's going to die immediately when she leaves the house. I know she's going well, to she's die. Well, she's looking for David. And also it's yeah. like, I think that's fair what you're saying, but also again like so much of this just feels like what mood are you in right now because all you're describing to me is a fucking friday the the 13th movie yeah there was was just something about this one that uh okay there's a formula to this movie Mm -hmm. which is you'll land in a scene Mm -hmm. with two one or one or two of the characters yeah and you'll spend one scene with them and you know they're going to die immediately Mm mm-hmm at the conclusion of the scene. And that's, so then I just kind of got bored after a while. I was like, okay, we're doing the Maddie scene now. Mm. And then we're doing, we did the next, we'll be doing the Kate and um, whatever the guy's name is uh, scene in the van. Yeah. So Dan. Uh, there's just like, there's something that was like formulaic about it that I just didn't enjoy. I mean, I, 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 I think I have the same response, which is, I can't tell you that you're wrong. It's just like when we started this series, we kind of talk mm-hmm. about how it's familiar and like that's, yeah. and that can be comforting and enjoyable. And it's like, and I think, and I don't think you're wrong. I just think the effect that this had on me was, this was familiar in a really comforting way and in a way in which when these exact setups, it's like set up punchline, you know, it's familiar. Mm. It's they're not reinventing the wheel with the exception of like adding in the telekinesis stuff, but it's like, yeah, I like a scene where it, cause the other thing you get, you're leaving out here, not necessarily intentionally versus part six it's almost all of these scenes. It's like hilarious to me. One of my notes that's about to come up here, just cause we're like, we're jumping ahead a little bit and that's fine. Cause all this stuff is very repetitive. It's like designated sex time at the lodge. It's great. We have three different couples. Sure, yeah. that everybody's, all, everybody's like fucking now. Yeah. They all go yeah. off to fuck and each one of yeah. them, they fuck. And then Jason kills them. They fuck and Jason kills them. It's like, I found it really like, just I'm uh, not even oddly just satisfying. I can, I, I can get that. Uh, I just wasn't, I don't know. Maybe I was in a bad mood when I watched it or something. Mm-hmm. It just didn't, didn't hit me the, the way it should. Uh, Tina and Dr. Cruz find the crashed car. And then what we were just talking about, the couples are fucking, mm-hmm. we got Melissa and Eddie, Robin and, uh, David, David, yeah. And then Ben and Kate. Ben's the other guy. Um, yeah, and I, uh, I did want to. I wrote a note down here. Uh, just says, "Hey guys, take off your socks." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. It's just a lot of people having sex with their socks on. Uh, <laughs> it was a chill in the room. Um, so Ben and Kate are in the van. It starts shaking, and they think it's Michael, the the guy who whose party it yeah, is. The missing for some boy. reason. Yeah. This the doesn't make any boy. sense, yeah. Ben is like, pulls out and puts his <laughs> pants on to look for him. You know what I mean? The guy, the actor, um, by the way, his name is Craig Thomas. 
Uh, and he is uh, continues to work to this day, like a working actor, television a lot. He says in his interview, he's like, yeah, I don't know why. Apparently, I just decided to stop having sex because I had to see who was yeah. outside the van. <laughs> um, so he goes to look for him. Jason catches him and crushes his head like a can. Another uh, terribly cut scene with cool behind the scene uh, deleted footage. Yeah. Yep. Uh, she sticks her head out of the window to look for him. And uh, Jason sticks like this funnel in her eye. It's the, what it's is the it? party, like you know the. Oh yeah! You know. Oh, that's right. The brand, the yeah. noisemaker. That's what it was. Which again, I my note here was lots of fun kills. Sad that there's no gore. Like yes, it, it's like the alternate universe version of this movie. Like I want, I'm giving the movie points because they are clever, interesting. I think they shook things up in terms of like coming up with some fun kills here, and clearly they just lost a lot of the footage. Um, and then, uh, we do the thing that we're doing now, which is, oh, there it is. Uh, Melissa cuts off Eddie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're about to get it on. Mm -hmm. And she says like, nah, I just did this to make Nick jealous. Yeah. She sucks. (laughs) Yeah. She does suck. Um, and he's, he's like, I can take it. I've been rejected by some of the finest science fiction magazines in the continental United States. <laughs> and then he gets up to leave and, uh, she's like, where are you going? He's like to take a cold shower. I got a date with a soap on a rope. Which I don't necessarily know. I know that soap on a rope was a big punchline in the eighties. And I'm not really sure why. <laughs> I think it was just, did yeah. you guys ever have soap on a rope? No, no. I think it was just in the zeitgeist, you know? Yeah. Uh, so David with Robin, Jason cuts the power. Get some good boobage. Um, at, there's some good boobage. At some point, I missed it. I had to ask my wife because I was writing a note or something. Tina runs into Nick in the woods and they find Michael's body like stuffed in a tree. Yeah, I think so. Is it Michael's body? It's either Michael or, or Dan, the, or, or the Dan other or guy, the other camper. Yeah. MacGruber, right? That's that Dan MacGruber. Okay. Yeah, that's who it is. That's who it is. Uh, David and Robin have finished. Uh, he's hungry. He goes to the kitchen and steps in some blood. Uh, but that doesn't stop him. <laughs> he like, sees like, ew, mm-hmm. and just like keeps going. Uh, and then Jason stabs him with a butcher knife in the stomach body counts up to 10 now uh tina and nick are back at her house she finds a bunch of clippings about jason and then she makes the connection like oh that's who i resurrected from the lake eddie calls melissa a cunt (laughs) which i mean i guess i mean you know she's not a good person Mm -hmm. um and then oh what what's this weird detector that he has He's scanning. I don't know. What oh that yeah, is. he's scanning. Oh, sorry, he's like has like a metal detector mm-hmm. or something, and he's scanning the presence uh, that Michael's presence. Yeah, this was unclear to me. He, I was just like, he's got an '80s gadget, and he's doing gadgety yeah. stuff with it. It was weird. Jason walks into the cabin, and I editorialized a little bit here, and I said, even he seems bored. <laughs> sorry. I think there's so much mood here. And I think that cuts both ways. Because I think that when I was watching this, I was like, you know what? I'm having fun. I said that about yeah. halfway through. 
And then from then on out, I was just like, yeah, this is all fun. I'm enjoying this. Um, and I think it can go the other way, too, where it's just like it's going to color so much of your viewing experience. We should do an episode where we switch duties because um, I do think there is something about writing down yeah. the plot as you're watching it that like takes you out of it in a way. I almost watched this because because my reaction was so negative mm-hmm. and it didn't feel like necessarily justifiably so sure like five i didn't like and but it's like that's a shitty movie right uh this one there was enough that was happening that i was like maybe i should rewatch this one and i just haven't yet but i give you my promise kill streakers before our rankings episode i'll rewatch this one. holy shit that... or at least at least portions of it okay and see if see if it hits a little differently well i mean if you want i mean i'm happy to take up your I think that's an interesting thought experiment. Anytime you want to uh, have me recap one, I'm, we can do it during this series if you want to. It's up to you. Yeah, sure. If you want to take Jason Takes Manhattan or should we, Jason X or whatever. Should we switch it up for the next episode? Should I do Jason yeah, Takes Manhattan? You, you want to? Yeah. Let's just do a one-off and then we'll go back to uh, yeah the way it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm interested to see how that goes. I like you doing this. I think you're very good at it. And I, I think our listeners have come to appreciate and, and, and count on you in this role of, yeah. uh, of reliable recapper. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do a cameo role. I will say though, it, it's going to be hard because I'll still want to be taking all these notes to remember. Well, you, <laughs> so I don't know. you just got to do what I do, which is it's you, you tweet. I try to tweet, treat it like tweeting. Like I'm live tweeting uh-huh. the movie. That's how I take notes. So I go through okay. and I just write my reactions to stuff. And uh-huh, like uh-huh. I, you know, for for whatever it's worth, like I write a lot of jokes that I don't say on the show. Like I write, <laughs> I write little jokes to myself. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, most of them are really dumb. But like, for instance, when uh, you know Nick shows up for the first time, my note says "Hunk City population." This guy. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what? I'm already regretting it. No, I'm gonna take the. I'm gonna take the back the reins for next i i got very possessive about it not because of the joke but because like now nah, I, oh, I do want to take you're afraid stuff. i'm gonna be good at it aren't you no i just you know it helps me focus okay. in some ways all right well then stop bitching about the movies i'm sorry i'm just kidding jason hacks into eddie's neck um oh yeah t before this sorry tina gets a vision that her mom is in the woods uh jason kills eddie Robin puts her shirt on. I still love her, though. Um, she goes to the bedroom. There's a bag of weed that just looks like pine needles. It's really yeah, bad weed. Yeah. yeah, it made me nostalgic, uh, though. I miss really bad weed. Oh, I miss really bad weed, too. Weed is too strong nowadays. Amen, yeah. I've, I've been told that you can get shitty weed, especially yeah. at certain, like some dispensaries have it. Because they use, like, I think people have a use for it. Um, uh huh. But yeah, like, I miss, we, we called it swag. I don't know what you guys said yeah, up in Maine. Yeah. yeah. I think that's pretty universal. But yeah, like, the kind of weed that you had to spend 10 minutes, like, pulling off the stem and picking seeds out of. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah man, it's like, I, it's real iffy. Like, I don't smoke, mm-hmm. I don't smoke weed much. But when when I do, it has to be like the right kind, or yeah. else I fucking go. Yeah, that bananas. stuff just got you high. You just got yeah. high and you laughed at stuff. You laughed a lot. You yeah. ate a lot of junk food. 
That's that's the fun experience to me. I don't need to go to fucking outer space every time I smoke. Exactly. Um, oh, this is great. She opens a closet and we get a cat scare. Yeah. I look cat scare <laughs> count of three. I looked up the history of cat jump scares and uh if if our episode wasn't getting pretty long already, I'd I'd walk through it. But I have a feeling we'll have at least one more cat jump scare before we finish this series. So oh, I want to know because yeah. that that came up in my household. We were talking about like well, who do you think started the cat scare? Well, let's put a pin in it and we'll come back. To okay, it. all right. Let's remember. I, I don't want to forget. Don't worry, uh, I won't. She, she um, puts a cat of down. And puts her hand in some blood on the sheets, mm-hmm. and she pulls it back, and she finds a head. I'm not sure whose head it is. Couldn't yeah, really tell. me neither. Uh, Jason comes in, grabs her by the throat, and throws her out of the window. Yeah. Uh, so then Tina and Nick are arguing about who should go. How's our body count for doing Tina's right mom? now? By the way, do you have it written down? I do. Yeah, that was that was up to twelve. Twelve. Yeah. So we were moving along here. Nice. Yeah. I also had a note here too that I just like we uh, again my fiance and I very much we like the score. Uh, I found this to be a little different than previous installments and a little more suspenseful. And was it Manfredini? Uh, I will check on that as we move on. Uh, but I yeah I I will say the score probably part of this and you will probably laugh out loud at me. I have a note here that says, I think this might be the scariest entry since part one. Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's going to factor into our carpenter. <laughs> wow. Okay. I know I do have an opinion on the carpenter skill about this one. Okay. I think we might be in lockstep. Okay. Great. Uh, Tina. Uh, so Nick goes to find Tina's mom. Her mom and Dr. Cruz are freaking out in the woods. <laughs> We hear a twig snap, and of course it's Jason. Yeah, it is. Uh, how did he get there so quickly? He just threw her out of a window, threw Robin out of a window, and then suddenly he's there. He teleports. I he's know it's nitpicky. Jason Voorhees, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, the Doctor Cruz is a total coward. Mm-hmm. Uh, he freaks out and says she can find her own way back and runs off. Um, Jason has like a spear machete thing, some sort of like yard equipment okay so it's it looks pretty cool it's awesome so it's a it's essentially a gas-powered weed whacker with a circular saw blade oh, on the end it's not that yet oh the, it, this one oh, this he is has pruning like, yeah it's a pruning it's like cutter. a machete on a pole basically yeah yeah you use that for uh it's like for cutting tree limbs oh okay yeah. uh dr cruz uses the mom as a shield that's <laughs> a human shield <laughs> and jason stabs her he's a real body counts up to 13 he's a... yeah he's a real heel yeah <laughs> uh nick's back at the party cabin he finds eddie's body he runs back to tina's and melissa is there um she's still being a bitch she doesn't really know anything bad is happening i guess yeah um and then because uh, she's like where'd tina go she's like the psych ward how the hell would i know <laughs> um so Tina's in the woods. She walks by Dr. Cruz. She asks where her mother is. And he's like, oh, back back at the house. But then she noticed that he has blood on her. And she runs and leaves him. Uh, and he says, don't go in there. And I'm not sure what there is. I guess the house. Yeah. And then Jason revs up his weed whacker with a saw blade and chases Dr. Cruz. It's fucking cool. Yeah. 
I wish this shit didn't get cut because it looks like a really cool weapon. And we both saw, I, I mean, I assume you saw the deleted scene and it looked gory. Uh-huh. Yeah, they got like guts flying and it was cool. Yeah, no, and I wrote, this is cool and fun. Yeah. So not a total, I'm not a hater. I appreciate, not a hater. I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> Dr. Cruz gets winded and like stops for a rest <laughs> for some fucking reason. <laughs> It's so weird. And Jason tosses him to the ground and saws his belly. This is where Uh, my note says, Ugh, stop cutting away from these kills. God damn it. Yeah, and mine is so lame. Because, like, that is a cool fucking weapon. Right. You know, obviously it wasn't their choice to cut it this way, but disappointing all the same. Tina finds her mom's body. She sees Jason walking in the woods. Uh, Then she finds a bunch of dead bodies. Uh, all of which fall down as if on cue. Like we get like a big string of like people falling it's, down and scaring. It's her. fun. I think it's. It is fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. Um, she comes face to face with Jason, and we got the final showdown. They're like standing like in a like a dirt road. Mm-hmm. He's like standing in a puddle. She makes roots grab him, and then she brings a power cable into the puddle and electrocutes him. And this is uh, all did, telekinetically, to be clear. She is using her mind. And I think this is where the movie comes alive. I, I mean, I do agree that this is like things ramp up here. Yeah. Yeah. And I enjoy, I pretty much enjoy it from this point forward. Okay, cool. Um, so she, uh, uh, of course, he's not dead. He gets up. Uh, she runs into the cabin. He bursts through the window. I love this. I love him jumping through the window. It was like... Yeah, it's cool. Because we've had so many... Uh, again, like... And maybe I'm giving too much credit to the director here. But it's like... This is a familiar trope of Jason. Like, at this point in the movie, honestly. Like, throwing the body of someone through a window. Right? And I love, yeah. like, I like that this almost feels like a little wink and a nod where it's like, instead, it's just like Jason throws himself through the window. Yeah. And he does, he does do that in the end of four. Um, but it's cool. I, I like, it's a good move. Yeah. Um, she closes the door on him and moves a table in front of it all psychically. Yeah. That, like, I'll be clear about that. Uh, he gets through, of course. She throws a couch at him, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. And then <laughs> she headbutts him with a severed head in a potted plant. Yeah. So, yeah, then Eddie's head is sitting in a potted plant and she throws the pot with her mind. And, like, Eddie's yeah. head and the pot hit Jason in the head. Again, I thought that, yeah, this is fun. I, I might be wrong, but I, I remember a bonk. Like a, it, it, that might just be like me. Even if you don't hear one, they're definitely like, that's the spirit of the, of this. Right. Uh, she runs out and he follows. This is cool. She makes a porch collapse on top of him. Mm-hmm. Looks good. And then, yeah, it looks good. Apparently really hurt him too. <laughs> Makes sense. Like, that was, yeah. Uh, Nick and Melissa, she runs into her house and Nick and Melissa are there. Melissa just never stops being a bitch. And she's like, I'm going to bed. You want to come to Nick? Um, and he's like, no, you should stay here with us. She's like, not my style. And, and then Jason. Yeah, and they're like, there's a murderer killing everyone. And she's like, yeah, screw you guys. I'm going to I'm bed. Going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's like a real COVID denier. <laughs> yeah, and she's blonde. So, <laughs> yeah, 
She's probably um, she probably lives in the or- in Orange County right now. <laughs> yeah, she's in she's in a Manhattan yeah, beach, she's like brunching yeah. her ass off with no mask on. <laughs> uh, and then Jason promptly kills her with a hatchet to the face. Yeah, and body counts. He kills her with a hatchet to the face, and then picks her up and throws her across throws the room her, yeah. over a it's TV. Cool. She goes flying into a corner. It's a good stunt. It is a good stunt. Uh, Tina and Nick run upstairs and Jason follows. She crashes a light into his face and he falls backwards onto the stairs and falls through the stairs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of like pops out of the closet on the side. They have to sneak over the big hole that he left in the stairs to try to yes. get out the front yeah. door. And it's kind of a short, but, but very fraught little moment. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then she like he he comes out and she like squeezes his head psychically, and his mask shatters. Yeah, revealing his new face. What do you think about the new face? It's I think it's a little over the top, but yeah, but I, I do think it's like it's very gnarly, which I like. It just has yeah. mild cartoonish elements. I think I would say yeah, yeah. like his teeth are huge. Yeah, like in a way that teeth aren't. Yeah. Um. And then she hangs him with a cord, a light cord from this from the ceiling, and then opens a hole in the floor below him and just drops him down. And uh, he kind of he reaches up and pulls her into the basement, and she psychically flings nails at him and he land, they like hit him in the face. Yeah, she's, she's really sprays. She's really like coming in like and I one of the things I just want to say that I enjoy about all of this is like. And it's a familiar trope, but like she's really come into control of her powers now, and like mm-hmm. she has become sort of a, a telekinetic superhero almost. In that, yeah, like it's yeah. like sort of Magneto level. Like she's just like throwing shit and manipulating shit. And this is what I was alluding to when I was talking about at the beginning that it's like she is fighting him toe to toe. Like they are like like she keeps beating him down and he keeps coming back, but like. I think it's an interesting, like, it's the first time we've ever really seen this, where it's like someone's kicking, she's kicking his ass, Uh and he's like, he's surviving it, because he's Jason, and he keeps coming and coming and coming, but it's like, it's the first time we've ever really had a sequence in any of these movies, when someone just, like, keeps beating him down, and I, and Mm. for for no other reason than it's just new, I, I, you know, I found it entertaining. Um... Uh, she sprays him with gasoline. Sorry, I, did, I should res- yes and what you just. You said. don't have to agree uh, with me. It's okay. fine. <laughs> uh, no, I mean I I do agree with you. Mm. I do agree with you. Um, yeah, I don't know, just like thinking about this movie. You're you are you are very convincing in in your reasons <laughs> for it. I I just think if if the rest of the movie were like this yeah. last half like 20 minutes or so not that it should be an out and out battle the whole time mm-hmm. i just like the rest of it i don't know maybe i'm just being a dick about it i'm i mean again I'm very torn a lot of Much people don't like you were this torn movie. about six yeah. mm-hmm. but i don't think i hate this movie yeah is you know what i mean uh and i like what it's doing differently mm-hmm. i just think the bone like the the bones are good the rest of it yeah doesn't work as well for me. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I think I try to put myself in the mindset of somebody listening to us have this debate, right? They're going to eventually. 
And I think mm-hmm. a lot of it just comes down to what are you looking to get out of these movies, I think. Yeah. I yeah. think you and I, for, for better or worse, we're keying in on two very different elements of the movie. And like more than one element. But it's like the things that you don't like about it are valid. And I think the things that I do like about it are valid. And they're different. And I think it all just depends on like what's your idea of the platonic Friday the 13th movie. And for me, this one gets a lot closer to that than Six did. And that's part of why I like it, you know. That's fair. Um, So she sprays him with gasoline. Um, There's a furnace behind him. There's a furnace, yeah. She lights it up, lights him up, and he's engulfed in flames. I thought this looked really good. I don't know how you felt about it. It does look good. I think it's shot well. Do you know that this is, this was at the time, Kane Hodder, in shooting this, set the record for the longest controlled stunt burn ever on film. Really? Yeah. And he's a man who is severely scarred from a burn. Yeah, yeah. So he's, yeah, he burned for, I believe, 40 seconds. Holy shit. Yeah, which is a long fucking time to be on fire. Um. So he's engulfed in flames. Nick wakes up. The house starts crumbling around him. They run outside. <laughs> and this, the house just fucking explodes. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, boom, like leveled. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, so I was like, I wrote, it fucking explodes. Why did it explode? What the fuck? I laughed. Uh, I just laughed out loud. I was like, holy shit. The whole house just, in yeah. an instant, just blew up. Yeah. I was like, what, from the gas can that's next to him? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so this was something, that was a mistake. Yeah. That was a mistake that happens. It was supposed to be like more controlled and slow, mm-hmm. but it accidentally, like all all of it went off at once. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like sounded kind of dangerous. Too, oh yeah, it actually. sounded really dangerous. I think they're lucky nobody got badly hurt, but yeah, yeah they fucked it up and just like in, I believe uh, one of the producers said that they had less than a second of footage of the house blowing up. Oh right, because the cameras got fucked up. Yeah, so a bunch of the cameras they lost, and I think they slow it down, and they you know, but like if you watch like the shot you're talking about. It really is. It's like 20 frames. It's like yeah. Oh wow. the whole house just explodes in a, sp- in a span of a second, and that's it. <laughs> um, so they're like, oh, are you okay? Are you okay? Uh, but then Jason comes out, grabs him. Nick shoots him. Jason pushes Nick into a boat, and uh, they, they're like struggling on the boat, and she... Do you want to take this part? Because I feel like me saying it, I might, I might say it so negatively sure. that yeah. Because I mean, I have mixed feelings about it too. Uh, okay. So Jason is struggling with Nick or with Tina at this point. With Nick, yeah, in the boat, yeah. And so Tina, and I don't think it's clear. I think, I think the implication is that this is one last burst of Tina using her her telekinetic powers to summon. Because we had this scene earlier in the movie where she's trying to bring her dad back from the lake. And I think this is supposed to, you know, obviously, it's if you want to be um, if you want to be nice to the movie, it's like kind of the rule of threes. At the beginning of the movie, she kills her father with her mind. Yeah. Right. By drowning him in the lake. Closer to the middle of the movie, she goes out to the lake hoping to almost resurrect her father and instead resurrects Jason Voorhees, right? Yeah. So now she finally succeeds where she failed earlier and does, in fact, raise her father from the depths of the lake. 
he bursts up through the dock. It is ridiculous. It's, yeah. It is. I couldn't stop laughing. It is not like. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, he's not rotted at all. No, he's like we'll, perfectly preserved. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, so let's cover what actually happens. He grabs Jason behind, like around the neck, and drags him back down into the lake, presumably to be entrapped once again, right? Yeah. And like you were saying, he literally just has like smudgy, dark makeup. Yeah. Like he looks kind of dirty, but otherwise he just looks like he looks like he just got out of the lake from the first scene. Right. And this turns out was a big fight between one the associate producer and the director that they had worked up a bunch of like rotted makeup and stuff. And they essentially wanted him to look like the Jason version of her dad, which as ridiculous as this idea may be, makes more sense, I think. Yeah. And also probably would have looked cooler, honestly. Yeah. And it got vetoed, like, and they were like, no, we don't want him to look like that. And they ended up with this result. And so this is like one more of those things where it's like, yes, I realize that the movie in its current incarnation kind of sucks a little bit for that reason, but I'm a little bit more forgiving knowing that they, at least somebody knew it was dumb and it would have been better done the other way. Right. <clears throat> so, uh, the father puts a chain around Jason's neck and brings him under the water. And then, uh, it's the next morning and Tina's being put into an ambulance and Nick's in there with her. Classic side by side stretchers yeah. in an ambulance. <laughs> um, and then, uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, there's a Jason, there's a ridiculous Jason, end line. Jason? Yeah, yeah. Jason, where's Jason? We took care of it. <laughs> I thought she said I there... took care of it. Oh, I thought maybe we, we took, took care, care of it. it. Okay, either way, it's ridiculous. So that's that. That's the end of uh, the movie. Uh, our body count not as high as some of the previous installments. Only up to fifteen. I didn't really count Jason because he's never really dead. Mm-hmm. Um. Mike, who's your favorite character? Uh, my favorite character is Dr. Cruz. He's Oh, yeah? I think he's, I mean, you know, there's an easy argument to be made that he's the real antagonist of this movie. Uh, yeah. And that Jason is almost, uh, in part, a result or manifestation of his evil plot, his evil machinations, you know? Yeah. And also, Terry Kaiser is fun. He does a good job. He chews a lot of scenery. His yeah. outfits are awesome and hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's fucking Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's. So, yeah, Dr. Cruz all the way. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Tina. Okay. Um, you know, she is the first formidable foe yeah. to Jason, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think the actress does a fine job. Not, you know, she's not going to win any Academy Awards for her performance, but I enjoyed watching her. I agree. Um, she's grounded in, in ways that some of the other characters aren't. Um, and it's cool to watch her fling shit around through the air. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I, as far as moments that age the worst, uh, there's not really much, um, that I can point to other than the MPAA's lack of balls. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, I think that's a great answer. Um, one of the points that's brought up in Crystal Lake Memories is just that like the stuff that they're cutting out of this movie at this point in time is like shit you'll see on cable like everywhere yeah. today. They yeah. they show a quick shot of the famous scene from Breaking Bad 
one of the characters gets blown up. I won't spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it, but basically half his face is gone. And it's like, yeah. it's significantly more gruesome than anything you see get cut from this movie, let alone appear in this movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So things have changed, and I think it is. I mean, that'll this can be the last time we we note it, but it's a, you know, well, oh, what could have been, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so the best death, I think we kind of bury, we kind of revealed that already. Yeah. I, for me, I mean, it has to be for you as well. The smashing of the sleeping bag against the tree is fucking funny. It's funny. It's it's effective. It's visceral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yes. and I also like that it for my personal perspective on these deaths, like it goes to show that like blood and guts are not necessarily what makes a best death. It's like creativity goes a long way. Right. And there's not a lot of, other than like the, the noise maker through the eye, mm-hmm. there's not a ton of creative deaths in this movie. Yeah. Um, and then, so on the carpenter scale, uh, you said this was probably the scariest since the original is that what you said yeah so i think that there were a handful of moments here that did a for me again i I realize how subjective this is but like there was some actual suspense building i think the whole maddie chase that i talked about i also think that there i mean some more credit to the dp who we haven't mentioned uh and john carl beekler but like there's some good shots and stuff that i think we see a lot of interesting angles one one that just comes to mind is the death of david you mentioned him like going to the kitchen and the floor is covered with blood and we've got kind of a cool shot that's like shot from above like from the second story and we see hit like jason kind of come out of the darkness and start to head towards him and yeah it's creepy and i think that the score does a good job of building suspense so yeah for me overall it's like it's still mediocre level of scares for a horror movie but for this series, which never puts that much work into scaring seasoned horror fans, I, I got a couple a couple more chills than usual. Um, so the movie that I'm going to pitch, mm-hmm. and I think you'll probably agree with me, and it'll be a secret win on my behalf, <laughs> is The Fog. Right, because you... You want me to acknowledge your position that the fog isn't scary. Uh, I, I I think the fog intends to be. Uh, it's scarier than a, a lot of other movies. I just don't like the fog very okay. much. Uh, so by you accepting the fog, we'll both agree that it's scarier than some movies. <laughs> and not as scary as others. Not as scary as, as others. Uh-huh. It's not the thing. It's not Halloween. Sure. I mean... Um, and it's also a movie I don't really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will give you The Fog with the caveat that I think The Fog is scarier than this movie. But okay. but I think I will take it for a rating on the Carpenter scale. Well, well did you have a, uh, an alternate pitch? Uh, no, I think that's good. I think, uh, okay. yeah, I mean, I, we, we don't need to debate it, certainly. I think that's close enough that I'll, that I'll take it. Uh, so then finally, um, does this movie pass or does this movie fail? I think it's probably going to be pretty clear where Mike stands on it. For myself, I'm a little more mixed on it, trending downward. Um, I do think that it is an interesting entry in the series as far as like how different it mm-hmm. is plot-wise. Yeah. 
if that makes sense. Uh, whereas like six is different than the rest of the series, but it's not that different from you know reading it on paper. Yeah. Um, I'm still going to say it's a fail for me, but it's you know it's two and a half stars out of four. Slight fail. Not you know you know what I'm saying. You know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand the slight fail part. Two and a half stars out of four would be a slight pass for me, but um, not on the Ebert scale. That was a, a two okay. and a half stars is always a thumbs down when it came time to the show. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, I'm not a I'm not a big Ebert boy like yourself. <laughs> I'm a big Ebert boy. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I've said a lot about this movie, so I will just say that it was a pass for me. It's not. I don't think it's great. I just like. Yeah, I'm at the end of the day. What can I tell you? I had fun watching this. Sure, and so I mean, that's why. It and I do not begrudge yeah. you of that. Yeah. Uh, and then so finally, our final segment for this episode, uh, we're gonna knock out a Mount Rushmore. Um, and for those of you who don't know, Mount Rushmore, we like to point out four of the crowning achievements in any one genre of film Mm -hmm. and what is the genre for this this week yeah so this time around uh as we like to do we try to keep it on theme and we want to do the mount rush gore of telekinesis horror um yeah so i don't know about you but well i mean we we collaborated on this as we do on all mount rush gores or i guess it would be mounts rush gore like mounts rush gore (laughs) Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, no, we're not, we're, we're, we're limiting this to explicit telekinesis. There's lots of, there, I think you can open up the floodgates with just telepathy and mind reading. Uh, yeah. So, emphasis on kinesis, on movement here. So, people who can move or affect physical things with their minds. And, you know, this is a dicey time for the actual Mount Rushmore. Um, and, <laughs> but, you know, I think it, as opposed to shying away and, and saying, no, oh, maybe we should reformat this. I think that they should actually change Mount Rushmore to, uh, to, you know, Mount Rush Gore of telekinesis horror movies. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, limiting it to telekinesis horror might change one of my i don't know i'll just we'll get to it oh i kind of put you did i i get you in did i make it too restrictive maybe but whatever i'll 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 pitch a case okay sounds good who should start um well i'll 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 kick it off okay i think the most obvious choice is obvious for a reason it is part of the premise of this movie Mm -hmm. freddie versus carrie yep i think jason no movie versus carrie Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jason versus Carrie. No uh, telekinesis movie Mount Rushmore would be complete without Brian De Palma's Carrie. Yeah. Of course, what is there to say? Bullied uh, Carrie, played by Sissy Spacek. She's having a real tough time with her ultra-religious mother who's abusive mm-hmm. uh, and and is finding, along with her adolescence, that she is able to move stuff with her mind. And gets pushed over the edge in a terrifying bloodbath. Yeah, it's a great movie based off of, uh, well, I suppose it's the book that really made Stephen King famous, right? Yeah, it's his first published book. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it's an Mm all-timer. And it's an all-timer for a reason. It's a great movie. 
and if you haven't seen it, you should. Uh, and Sissy Spacek is great. She's a very odd, specific actor, uh, mm-hmm. and perfectly suited for this role. She really makes yeah. she makes it her own. Um. So, what do you have for your entry? So, my first entry uh, on Mount Rushmore is going to be. Uh, We'll call it action sci-fi horror. I think it definitely qualifies as a horror movie, but it it's certainly a sort of multi-genre affair directed by one of my all-time favorite directors, uh, David Cronenberg's Scanners. Yeah. Um, so Scanners, uh, for anyone who isn't familiar, follows the story of... It's almost kind of... A, I don't want to say it's a proto X-Men because the X-Men comic book existed before scanners came out. But you think about it's, it's essentially mutants. It's like a group of people who have the ability to not only affect people's thoughts, read their minds, get into their brains, but also you probably know from gifts all over the internet, they can make people's (laughs) fucking heads explode. Yeah. And it's awesome. One of the best head exploding in any movie ever. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? It's the plot is interesting, uh, but it's, you know, it's not. This movie isn't really about the plot. This movie is about, first of all, I think it's beautiful. I think there is something about the look of especially early 80s and even late 70s Cronenberg that it's just like these movies look great their little set pieces the the opening scene do yourself a favor and if you're interested in watching scanners all you got to do is watch the first five minutes and if you're not hooked walk away that's fine michael ironside one of the great all-time villains uh yeah it's just i love this movie uh i think it's really fun and uh yeah making people's heads blow up with your mind. What's what, what more fucked up form of telekinesis is there? Yeah. Yeah. That movie rules. I, I am due for a rewatch of it. It's been a while. Um, another movie that I am due for a rewatch of, uh, also harder to categorize, not as a strictly horror movie. It's not really a horror movie. It's, it's a sci-fi future cyberpunk anime, mm-hmm. uh, Akira. Okay. Which uh, have you? You've never seen. I have Akira. never seen Akira, and I know that's a big old blind spot. Um, it's very. It's really cool. It's a. It's um. It's the plot is pretty convoluted, mm-hmm. so I'm not going to get hit every okay. aspect of it. But essentially, it's about a futuristic biker gang, uh, Kaneda and Tetsuo, mm-hmm. um, and there's a one of them gets into a um, Tetsuo gets into a. Uh, a motorcycle crash and that awakens telekinetic powers in him. Okay. And he's taken by a secret government organization that wants to harness those powers. There's also body horror elements into it. Cool. I'm sure you've probably aware of the flesh monster at the end. I've heard of it. But I've never um, seen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bonkers. Um, I think that uh, Looper, the Ryan Johnson sure. movie yeah. kind of borrowed some stuff from, from it. Okay. Um, it's cool. It's a very, very cool. I'm due for a rewatch. I told my wife, but she is uh, against anime, I guess. <laughs> She's, other than uh, Miyazaki movies. Wow. Okay. That's a, yeah. that's a hot take from Jess. But, you know. Yeah. I think she might dig it, though. 
Um, but yeah, so for me, Akira goes up on Mount Rushgore. <laughs> All right. Um, so this last one uh, is sort of a wild card spot, and I'm going to preface it by saying neither Eric nor I has seen the movie The Fury which is another Brian De Palma uh-huh. telekinesis horror movie. And word on the street is it's pretty good. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's very possible that that should slot in here at number four. But it's a blind spot for both of us. And so we just can't uh, explicitly say uh, we can't recommend it. We can't not recommend it because we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I toyed with for a while the drew barrymore starring Firestarter for this spot yeah yeah however pyro yeah exactly i settled on uh yeah i decided that it is in fact pyrokinesis and that would not qualify i also thought about the jennifer Connolly starring dario gentle film phenomena however ah. uh she uses the power of her mind to manipulate insects and not uh, actually move things around. So again, hmm. uh, disqualified, sadly. And so uh, fortunately for me, unfortunately for my co-host Eric, I'm going to go ahead and put Friday the 13th Part 7, A New Blood, what? on the Mount Rushmore of pyrokinesis. Uh, sorry, telekinesis. <laughs> pyrokinesis. Telekinesis horror huh. movies. There is a little pyrokinesis in this movie. but Yeah, sure there is. I challenge you, sir, to provide a better alternate. Uh, well, uh, even Carrie 2. No, <laughs> the Rage. Uh, I never saw Chronicle. It's um, not a horror movie. I don't. Th- I mean, yeah, I it's wouldn't not a horror say. Movie, you're right. Yeah, I'm putting the Fury on my list uh, to watch. Uh, what about Zapped? <laughs> <laughs> also, not a horror movie. It's a horror um, movie if you're a woman. <laughs> <laughs> phenomenon. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know what? I do like Phenomenon a lot. We could we could put on John Travolta's Phenomenon instead. There's a movie called Psychokinesis uh, that we neither of us have seen. There's a movie called Patrick. Yeah. Patrick looks like it could be good. Never heard of that one. <laughs> no, it's actually rated PG. I don't want to watch it. Uh, oh, Taurus Trap. I've seen that. It's not good. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. Okay, fine. I'll give it to All you. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll split it and we'll say you can, you can watch uh, this Friday the 13th or you can watch John Travolta in Phenomenon. Uh, oh, so. I, I would absolutely rather watch this movie. So yeah, okay, You're, it's up, it's up. All right, it's up there. Fantastic. <laughs> well, then that does it for this edition of Mount Rushmore. And you know what? Not every category has four all timers in it. And you know what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it, sometimes you really paint yourself into a corner, yeah, just and you have to pick. Stretch it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys. Um, if you would like to get in contact with us for any reason, you can do so by emailing us at killstreakpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can visit our website and leave us a voicemail. And the voice uh, the website is anchor.fm slash killstreakpod. And we're going to be launching our uh, Facebook page hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, so maybe engage with us there. Eric's going to be running uh, our Twitter. 
Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, uh, our own separate Twitter. Oh, yeah. Twitter. We're going to wow. get a Twitter going. Why not? Yeah, why not? I'll do that. Fuck yeah. it. Who cares? Um, uh, um, but yeah, please write us. Leave us voicemails. Give us fun ideas. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you didn't like. Yeah. Uh, and as always, I got a date with a soap on a rope.